G'day, my name is Adam Ashton and my job is to learn how great podcasters do what they do. Today I'm speaking with Christina Canters, the host of the podcast Stand Out, Get Noticed. At the time of recording, she's two years in and on 107 episodes and the show is all about helping people build their confidence and become better communicators, whether that's in public speaking or networking or just everyday small talk. This is a second show. Previously, she did 39 episodes of a show that was aimed at architecture and design students before she pivoted towards managers, professionals, and business owners. I hope you learn a lot from Christina, and here is Christina Cantus. The business. Yeah. Well, I started it because I saw how bad people were at communicating. So I used to be an architect and I saw that while architects are technically very good at what they do in terms of designing, they're not very good at explaining those designs Mm. to other people, especially non-designers. And I saw how it held people back from actually moving forward in their careers. So I, I mean, combined with a couple of other factors, I left my career as an architect and decided to start um, I started a, a podcast initially helping architecture students and graduates to communicate better. And then after about nine m- months of that, I pivoted and now and then I launched the C Method with the new podcast. And nice. now I am a, a speaker and a coach and I help um, high-achieving professionals mostly to communicate more confidently and more effectively. And this covers public speaking, making small talk at networking events, explaining what you do, so delivering a really effective elevator pitch and being confident in yourself and your own abilities. So that's what I do at the C Method. Fantastic. And the, the did you say you started it uh, with the podcasters and you started the podcast and you started the, the C Method at the same time? When I So I had my original podcast and um, when I decided to end that, mm-hmm. I pivoted and then I launched the C Method and then I started a new podcast yep. with that. So that was just over two years ago now and I'm up to uh, episode 107 this nice, week. Nice, you're a veteran. Well, <laughs> I guess veteran. so. Um, can, to, to think that I've been doing it for all, over three years now is kind of crazy. Yeah, no, that's, I'm, I'm sure you've learned a lot uh, along the way, which I'm keen to find out about. Can you give me a brief, I guess, synopsis of, of the new podcast? What's it about and why should mm. people listen? It's called Stand Out, Get Noticed. Mm-hmm. And I came up with that name because it's all about helping you to communicate authentically and confidently so that you can stand out from the crowd and get noticed by all the right people. So it's not just about shouting and saying, look at me, look at me. Mm. It's about being that person that, that others take notice of and want to connect with. And the podcast covers topics such as um, public speaking and networking and confidence in general and how to explain what you do. So that's that's the general premise of the, of the show. And I interview people, but I also do my own solo shows as well. Mm. Um, and I also, I like to lead by example. I haven't been doing this for a very long time. You know, I can't say that to people, oh, I've been training people for 20 years because I haven't. Mm-hmm. But what I do show people is that you don't need 20 years of experience to grow your confidence and to grow your skills as a public speaker. 
I'm proof that you can learn these things in a relatively short space of time. So what I like to do is I like to challenge myself and document it on the podcast to show Mm. people that, hey, I'm learning as I go. I'm not, you know, I wasn't born being able to speak, you know, in the way that I do. I wasn't born being, you know, whatever level of confidence you want to see it as. This is all stuff that I've learned over time. So a few examples, um, I... I did stand-up comedy in yeah, New York City. That was, that, awesome. was, that was one of the scariest experiences of my life. I thought you did, I recorded that. I thought you did very well. I thought you did very well considering it was a, a first time. Considering it was my first time, thank you. I actually interviewed um, a stand-up comic, Jocelyn Chia, who is in, who's from New York City, and she, she resides there. And she was telling me that when you de- if you debut in New York City, that's probably one of the most difficult <laughs> places to do that. She said the audiences aren't easy to impress, but I figured being Australian would have at least amused them, you know, somewhat. So mm-hmm. I just played on that. Yeah, but that nice. yeah, so that was one thing that I I um, showcased on the podcast as well as going through my own fears. Mm-hmm. So if I have a, a big speaking gig that I find myself getting anxious around, I then work through that myself and then I, I document that on the podcast and I go, okay, this is what just happened to me last week, mm. but this, here's what I learned from it and here's what you can learn from it too. So the podcast is my way of um, showing people, educating people through my own experiences too, not just telling people what to do, but leading by example. Yeah, nice. What are, uh, I heard uh, you emceed a big event, League of Extraordinary Women, about 400 mm. people. So that was another example. The podcast itself, the first episode was called The Comfort Challenge. Yeah? So I guess the podcast in itself is another comfort challenge. It is. It is. And if people listen to the podcast, um, I for my intro music, I play my own intro mm. music on a ukulele. And then at the end of some episodes, I have a little Easter egg for listeners who stick all the way to the end. I sometimes sing a ukulele rendition of a song that I'm, you know, learning to play at that time. And I don't, you know, I, I'm doing this to show people again that, you know, I, I decided I wanted to learn ukulele and what better way to track that journey on the podcast and show people that this is a skill that I am working hard on on learning and I'm not necessarily really good at it, but I'm not afraid to put it out there and show people this is the process. Yeah, that's awesome. It's Yeah, no, that's I really like that. And I, I like that the fact that the shows are um, short and uh, they're not three-hour episodes. They're nice, you know, 20, 30-minute mm. episodes. Uh, so it's not a massive – you don't have to commit the whole day to it, that's for sure. <laughs> no. Nah. I tried to create a show that I would want to listen to. And personally, I like listening to podcasts that are about 30 minutes long. Mm-hmm. If I see a show and it's 50, and 50 minutes, an hour and a half, I'm just like, I just – I can't be bothered. Like, chances are you're going to be spending 15 minutes of waffle talking mm. about nothing. And I just, I don't have time for that. Mm. I want good quality content and I want it delivered in a, a nice, easy to listen package. And I see it as having respect for your listeners. Like, I, I respect my listeners and I understand that they don't have three hours to listen to one episode about, um, you know, how to build your confidence with, with, with this one thing or whatever. And yeah, so I mean, I just I just make it a podcast that I would want to listen to. Mm. Yeah, that's that's a I'd say definitely a good place to start. And I like that you said that you've got some shows are interviews, but some shows are just you, uh, which I think is definitely important for a, a podcaster that you don't have to rely on 
having finding guests and scheduling every single week, and you get Absolutely. to show a bit of your own your own insights, your own personality as well by having those solo shows too. Um, yeah, I think, absolutely. I think it must be tough. How do you, it sounds um, really good. I'm always scared that if I was to do like a, a solo show where I'm speaking for 20 minutes that I'd come across scripted and robotic, but yours seems so natural. <laughs> What's your, I guess, process for, for coming up with those solo shows and making it sound natural? I like how you say making it sound natural. That's, <laughs> it's, it's just like, I mean, I can I consider them just like a presentation. So if I'm going to get up and do a speech or run a workshop – I'm, I view the podcast as the same thing. And, you know, it actually took me a really long time and I should have done it way earlier to make my life easier. But I eventually created a template for myself. So now I have a solo show template and I have an interview template. And on the mm. solo show template, it's just a Google Doc that I copy for each new episode. And I'll have there what's the goal of the episode, so what I want the listeners to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what is the... And then I'll talk about the origin story. So um, why did this topic come to be? Why am I talking about it today? What led me to talk about it? That sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And then I'll have um, why and then the structure will go, why is it important? So why should you listen? What are the results you're going to get? What is this thing that I'm going to talk to you about today? How do you do it? So those like the steps, the, the meat of the podcast. And then I share a, a little like what if um question so as if to answer a question that the audience might be thinking and then there's the call to action so I've got this I've got this template that I have that I follow every time that makes it a lot easier for me to actually craft those um those episodes but Adam I have to admit like for the first I don't know 50 60 episodes that I was doing solo shows I would script out the entire thing word for word and oh, okay. I would read it I would read it word for word because if I didn't script it if I only dot pointed it I would just ramble and I'd go off on tangents and it meant that I would have to spend so much time editing later mm. I I had to script it fully which is not it's not ideal because that does take time as well, but it's taken me it's taken me a long time to get to the point where I can dot point out, you know, the main points and then sort of riff on that. But I'll still script the opening. Mm-hmm. Like I still script the opening um and in terms of making it sound natural, you just have to practice yeah. reading it and um I guess I, I'm good at uh, writing the way that I speak. Mm-hmm. So the way I write is very conversational, which, makes, which means that it sounds natural when I, when I read it. But for a lot of people, the way they write is different to the way that they speak. Mm-hmm. So that's something to consider that you might want to practice writing in a more conversational tone and that will actually help you as well when, you, when it comes to reading it. Yeah, awesome. So that's definitely good advice for for writers as well. I'm gonna to have to go back and listen to that that process because that sounded awesome. Um, a nice structure is to always thinking about what do you want the listeners to get out of it. I say mm. that's really always important to have that in mind. If um if someone was to want to start listening to your show, what are some of uh, either some of your favorite episodes, or where would you recommend people start? Uh, a few episodes they should start with. Where should they start? Well, it depends what you want to learn. Mm. So recently I did a public speaking mini course mm-hmm. that takes so that was four episodes that takes you through how to plan, write, prepare and be engaging with your presentation. So those are episodes 98, 99 and then I skipped 100 because that was a special one. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did I did. So it's 98, 99, 101, 102. Mm-hmm. So that's a good one to start with. 
One of the most popular episodes is a very early one I did. It was episode 12 Mm -hmm. and it's called How to Not Be Awkward in Social Situations. Nice. And I think you can find that at thecmethod.com slash awkward. Awkward. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, go there. (laughs) That was a great conversation I had. Um, And there's... If you want to listen to the stand-up comedy one, I believe that was episode seven, and that's at thecmethod.com slash stand-up, all one nice. word. Fantastic. Yeah, so those are a few. But there's over 100. There's, just yeah. scroll through and see which ones, which ones sound interesting to you. Yeah, definitely. I'll throw out a few others that I liked that would be good to get started. Obviously, episode one um, is always a good place to start, and I liked how at the start you sort of said, you know, this is who it's for, and if, if that's not you, then mm. that's fine, but... Maybe don't listen can I just, and don't waste your can time. Can I just interrupt there? Yeah. I never started episode one when I listened to a new show. Yeah. Because you know why? Mm. Because if it's their first podcast, they're not going to be very good at yeah. the start. It's definitely and, after a hundred. And I don't episodes. want I don't want that to be my first impression. <laughs> I'd rather listen to no seriously. I'd rather yeah, listen no, to sure. one of their most recent ones because that's where they're feeling more confident. They've had more practice. And if I still don't like them when they're doing a good job, yeah. then I'm not going to listen at all. That's so I, I like point. to start sort yeah. of <laughs> one of the later episodes. <laughs> okay, what about there was one uh, the 16 things I learned in 2016. Um, mm. And there was the the fifteen things you learned from interview guests in twenty fifteen. I like those. I like those summary ones that give you a good taste of uh, a, a range of episodes and a range of ideas. Ah, oh, those episodes are so good when you're feeling like you don't have any ideas. <laughs> you just go, oh, I'll just take a little bit from each episode and put it together. It's mm. like a list blog post. It's so good. But it's <laughs> yeah, it's it's good as well that and you, you, I think you've talked about it on your show as well that just sitting there and recording a podcast, it's not just that one episode. You you can repurpose that content, put it together in you know summary episodes, and you said you've made uh, mm. videos as well, blog posts as well. Yeah, you um, want it. Yeah, you want to cater to people who – people might find your podcast through like Google or whatever and they might prefer to actually read your content instead of listen. Mm. So it's worth putting effort into your show notes and making it a nice little post for people to quickly skim before mm. they actually listen. Yeah, that's good advice, something that I need to um, need it's to definitely listen to. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't, uh, haven't done that, so that's just so much work. procrastination. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you're enjoying the conversation with Christina Cantors from the Standout Get Noticed podcast. We're going to take a quick break, but after the break, she's going to share a lot more information with us. She's over 150 episodes in across her two podcasts, so she's going to tell us all about what she's learned along the way. She's going to give us some technical advice for the descriptions and the names of episodes. She's going to talk about who she thinks would benefit from having a podcast. She talks about uh, her process and how long it takes her to make an episode, and she also gives a lot of advice for people looking to either start or grow their podcast. Have you heard of Highbrow yet? It's this cool new way to learn that I discovered. What they do, you sign up, it's free, and for 10 days, they send you an email each morning. So when you get to work, you've got a short sort of four or five minute email that you read and learn a little bit about a topic uh, for 10 days in a row. So say you pick a topic, it might be the science of sleep, and for the next 10 days, you've got a five minute email in the morning to read about how to sleep better. Now, it's very wide ranging, all the courses, and I was selected 
to create a free course on how to make a podcast. So if you sign up, if you go to gohighbrow.com, that's G-O-H-I-G-H-B-R-O-W.com. If you go to courses and type in podcast, I'm sure you'll find mine. Otherwise, I'll put a link in the description so you've got that free course on how to make a podcast. Um, well, so you're over 100 episodes into this show, plus um, I think 39 from your your uh, advice for um, architecture students. Mm. Um, what have you learned along the podcasting journey, and how how do you think you've evolved from uh, from episode one through to episode 107? Well, one big thing I learned was when to know when to pivot. Mm-hmm. Some might call it failing. I don't call it <laughs> failing, but I. My very first podcast was for architecture and design students and graduates, and I thought that I was onto a winner. I was like, these people need this help. It's going to be amazing. They don't get taught this in school, so I'm going to help them. And it wasn't unsuccessful. I just realized that though that, that demographic, that market, don't really care about presentation skills yeah. <laughs> and that's what I was trying to teach them and one important thing I learned was your market has to A, be willing to, let's say if you're selling something right at the end of the podcast, they need to be willing to pay for it and they yeah. need to be able to pay for it and students and grads are neither of those. Yeah, so. I reached a point where I was feeling really just unenthusiastic about it and at the same time I was getting really positive feedback from people who were in an older demographic, so business owners um, and, and professionals and I thought, you know, I need to start podcasting for these people because they see the value in what I offer. Mm-hmm. So I think being self, like being really aware and paying attention to the feedback you're getting is so important instead of deciding that this is what is right for my audience and to continue mm. going along blindly, is it, it's dangerous. So always pay attention to the feedback you're getting and um, be prepared to, to pivot if you need to. And there's nothing wrong with pivoting because if I – if you had told me three years ago to start a podcast for business owners and about communicating in a corporate environment, I would have told you to piss off because yeah. I would have I would have had no idea what to do. But the first podcast, doing that for nine months, it taught me the skills and I learned along the way, um, you know, what it is that I could offer, which then led me to creating this new thing. Yeah, fantastic. I'd say that's that's awesome advice. And it was good to just start and you've learned a lot and... and uh now you're able to take all those lessons and apply it to something bigger and better. Mm. Can I share a lesson that's like more of a technical, yeah, please. simple one? So when you're late, when you're tagging your um, episodes, your MP3s, and putting the the data in there that's going to show up in iTunes, like the title and all of that, mm. do not start every single title with the name of your podcast and then the number. So, so for example, mm. my instead of labeling my podcast episodes just 01, 02, 03 with the title, if you if you if I was to write stand out get noticed number one and then the title stand out get noticed number two, every single episode in the iTunes feed looks the same because mm. you only get a certain amount of characters at the start and I see a lot of podcasters doing this mm. and it just makes it really difficult to re like see what the individual episodes are actually about. And then in your description, don't write 
the same thing at the start of every single description. So don't write, in this episode, in this episode, yeah. in this episode, because, again, same thing. It looks it looks all repetitive in iTunes. Nice. That's a good technical tip. I, for our uh, What You Will Learn, we did not put the numbers on, as in episode number, uh, and we just went with the book title. And oh, yeah. It wasn't a conscious choice. That's just what we did. And I think it's actually helped us in terms of people search for the book title they like. And I think we get yes. found higher up rather than having uh, episode number five for our work week or something because it's yeah, just yeah. for our work week. Uh, I think that might have helped us in terms of bumping us up. The We rank really well in the searches. So I think that might be something that we've got lucky with in that it's something people are searching for. Um, yeah, definitely. You want to make it easy for people to see. Numbers can, you know, numbers are good because it shows people how many episodes you're up to. Definitely. Um, but yeah, but definitely putting putting the title as close to the front, like in the least amount of characters as possible, is really important. Yeah, nice. I appreciate that. What's um? Who do you think should do a podcast? While we're talking about the the technical side of things, who? Yeah, who? Uh, just as in who? Who would um? Who would benefit from having a podcast? Uh, Who would benefit from having podcasts? Look, if you have, if you're really passionate about something and you have a message that you really want to share and you have, and you can think about, you can think of 50 topics off the top of your head Mm. that, uh, or ideas for, for episodes that you could put out, then, you know, that's something that you could do. And a podcast doesn't have to be related to your business or it doesn't, it doesn't have to generate income for you. A lot of people just have um, hobby podcasts, you know, and there's, there's nothing wrong with that. They do it because it's a topic that they, that they love. And if that happens to turn into something that earns them some money down the track, then fine. Um, but I think a lot of business owners start podcasts because they want to use them, use it to establish themselves as an authority and to build their credibility. And that's definitely helped me. So it's, mm-hmm. that was one of the reasons why I started it. Um, but the thing to take sort of take into consideration is how much time can you dedicate to producing an episode every single week or every fortnight or every day or whatever it is that you decide you want to do. Because mm. a lot of podcasts, they start really strong and then they just die out because people just don't stick to them. Um, mm. So if you're prepared to stick to it and maybe having a co-host like you do, Adam, like that, yeah. you yeah. know, that might really help because you can motivate each other and hold each other accountable. Yeah, definitely. Um, how, how, long look, your, um, how long does your podcast take you? Say in, in a week, uh, you end up with a, a 20, 30-minute episode, but how long have you spent on the podcast that week? Uh, so now, um, last week... So this week's episode, or sorry, last week's episode, I wrote it, recorded it. So th- it was a f- solo show, and I think mm-hmm. the final it was twenty five minutes or, or so in length. The f- to get it to, to write it, record it, edit it, and publish it took me about two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which but- for me, that's quite impressive. I was going to say that's not too bad. <laughs> it's it's pretty good. I've because I've done it so many times, I'm getting a lot better at it, especially if it's my own show. Yeah. And if I'm editing it myself, I can just whiz through it really quickly. Mm-hmm. But for an interview, it can take a lot longer. If You've got to be ruthless with your interviews. If you only, if you only want a 25-minute finished mm. length interview, you can't have your interview go for an hour. It's mm. just not it, – it just creates too much effort. So Definitely. 
so you know, I my interviews only go for thirty minutes, and then I edit them down to about twenty five or twenty two minutes. Then the whole episode might end up being thirty minutes long or thirty two minutes long. Yeah. So I've spent hours and hours and hours editing like single interviews before. Um. So yeah, I my I would just say like keep it sh- keep the interviews short if you are wanting to edit them and. If you can get someone else to edit them too, it saves you so much time. Yeah. But nice. yeah, but like it is writing the blog post, creating marketing images, all of that, they take, you know, they take extra time as well. So it just depends on how much effort you want to put in. Yeah, definitely. And perhaps as you say, people get all gung-ho at the start and maybe they underestimate that uh oh, it's a 30-minute episode, it'll take me an hour to Record it and then I'll upload it and it'll be done. But yeah, maybe mm. there's a bit more, a bit more to it. Um, in terms of you mentioned interview guests, are you uh, you have interview guests from time to time. How do you select your guests? Uh, as in, how do you choose who you want to target? And then, what's your what's your process for trying to trying to get in touch with them and get them on? With choosing interview guests, I usually interview people who I find really interesting and I feel who I feel that have something different to contribute to the podcast or they or if they have a specific topic that they you know could could share because I do solo shows as well I'm not desperate for mm. interview guests so it means that I'm I can be kind of picky with it which is nice that's good um so I'll usually people who I ask I've usually met them and I'll go oh you know I really like what you do or I found them online I think all oh, those people are cool and then I'll reach out but a lot of the times I'll get people reaching out to me and saying can I be a guest on your show in which case if they're a good fit I'll say yes if they're not a good fit I'll say you're not a good fit yeah um but I used to I don't know if you saw but I used to I used to create random creative things for people to ask them to be guests on my show yeah I was that that was an, an upcoming question. Yeah, yeah go on. Yeah, so I don't I don't really do that anymore. But when I, when I first started, I I really wanted to get Pat Flynn on my show, and you know Pat Flynn's super well known podcaster. Yeah. And I knew that he was so busy, and he'd probably say no. He probably gets asked all the time. So I thought, why don't I make him a video? So I I wrote a rap song for him, and I sent it to him, and that. I didn't intend for it to get noticed by other people, but it got a lot of attention and people were going, oh, my God, how did you do that? That was amazing. <laughs> I thought, oh, maybe this stuff works. And I did it again with Andrew Warner from Mixergy. And I actually met him. So I'd never met him in person. But after I interviewed him, two years later, I actually met him at the Podcast Movement Conference last year. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I wonder if he remembers who I am. And I walked up to him and I said, oh, hey, Andrew, I'm Christina. He goes, wait, I remember your voice. I remember you. It's like, you're the one that sent me that video. I was like, yeah, that was me. He goes, oh, it's so great to meet you. He goes, hey, we should hang out. He's, wait, here's he's my number. Like, here's my number. Give me a call. We'll hang out later. And I'm going, oh, my God. And all these people around us are standing there going, who's this chick? I'm like, why is he being so nice to her? Mm. That's but awesome. it just goes to show if you um, if you can really impress someone and and I managed to do that by creating a personalized th- video for him. It was only like thirty second video. You can see it on YouTube. I think if you Google my name, Christina Cantors and um, Andrew Warner, and it was a thirty second video. But it he it made a huge impact on him because no one ever puts that amount of effort into mm. reaching out. 
Yeah, for sure. They, they get a lot of cold emails. Hey, can you please come on my podcast? Yeah. Yeah, boring. Just yeah. emails or Facebook messages or even if they do get a video, it's boring talking head. But yeah. if you really put the effort in and do your research and make it punchy and fun, they're going to go – like when I, when I um, interviewed him, he said to me, he said to me, I'm not doing any interviews, but when I saw your video, I said, I have to meet this chick. I don't care if it's for an interview or whatever, but I have to speak to her because I want to meet with her and just and just meet her and say how much I love the video. That's awesome. You know, so it was, yeah, it was amazing. And I, I don't do that anymore, actually, but I <laughs> feel like I should maybe. <laughs> it's a lot of work to, to go and create a, you know, an individual video for someone, but it's definitely, it definitely pays off. Mm. Yeah, but I do like that you don't have to rely on, on interview guests. And as you said, you're not desperate for for interview guests, so you can be um, hyper-selective and, and really target specific people that you really want, which is a good yeah. thing, I'd say. I've got a, a question. I'm looking for some advice for two different groups of people. One is aspiring podcasters who are, have thought about it but they haven't started yet, and one is for someone, say, 20 or 30 episodes in who's ready to step it up a gear. Uh, it might be the same advice or different advice for those two groups of people. What, um, what would you say? Ooh, I would say don't wait until you're, quote, good at it because mm. <laughs> <laughs> you have to start somewhere if you listen to my very first podcast, so not even my first episode of this one, but my very first podcast, I spoke like this and I spoke really close to the mic because <laughs> I didn't know any better. And it was pretty terrible, but you have to – a lot of people are afraid of hearing their own voice and they're afraid of criticism and they're afraid of what people will say. I say just just start and put it out there mm-hmm. and learn as you go and and – Importantly, hang out with other podcasters. Mm. Go to podcasting events. Go join a Facebook group. Um, just hang out with other people who are doing the same thing and, and learn from them. My advice to people who are 30 episodes in and want to take it to the next level, I would say think about how you can bring more of you to mm. your podcast Because when you start, and there's nothing wrong with this, when you start, you're often looking at other people's shows and, well, you're listening to them rather. And this is what I did anyway. I was copying bits and pieces of what I liked. So I'd listen to one show and go, oh, I like how they did this intro and I like how they do this and I like how they use this segue music. And I would sort of pick and choose what I liked and I would discard what I didn't like and I mushed it all together to make my own show. And this is how a lot of creative things happen anyway because nothing's original anyway but then as you get to episode 20 or 30 you really you can really start to um focus on developing your own voice Mm -hmm. and thinking okay are there some things that i can tweak are there how can i start to improve it now how can i be a little bit more authentic is there something quirky that i can do that really demonstrates who i am that i can inject into my podcast Mm -hmm. and and I think at that point, you've got a little bit more confidence in your abilities and so you can start to play around a little bit and and um, take a few more risks. Fantastic. That's awesome advice. Uh, just to wrap, wrap it up, what is, what's your, your proudest uh, podcasting moment from your, your three and a bit years of podcasting? And do you have any podcasting horror stories you'd like to share? <laughs> uh, probably... So my proudest moments were probably when Pat Flynn said yes to my mm-hmm. interview and, and Andrew Warner said yes. So those were, those were huge for me because 
because it hadn't happened to other people as well. Like, cause mm. other, cause, cause I was able to inspire other people as well for them to go, Oh my God, I'm going to do that too. Like I want to, you know, use creative ways to reach out to people. So that was a really proud moment for myself. Um, and also speaking at the podcast movement conference last year, that was mm-hmm. amazing. Nice. I'm also, oh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this yet, but just quietly, yep. I'm speaking this year as well. Awesome. <laughs> um, they, I don't know when they're announcing it, but it'll be soon. But they got about 600 submissions and wow. I got picked. So Congrats. that's exciting. So if any of your listeners are going to come to podcast movement in Anaheim in California in August, Come see me. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> Come say hi. Um, and in terms of what was the final thing? Any horror stories? Horror stories. Yeah. Oh my god! I, I saw you interview Janine Alice from yeah. Boost Juice. Yeah. I saw her speak at an event, and I walked up to her and I said, "Oh, I'd love to interview you on my show." And she said, "Okay." I could tell she felt a bit obligated, <laughs> but I was like, "Who cares?" She said, "Yes." And when I went to interview her. I think I hadn't updated my Skype and it just didn't work and we spent 30 minutes trying to get the technology to work and it was so bad and I was I felt so horrible because I'm like she's so busy oh my mm. god I only told her this would take 30 minutes and I ended up <laughs> spending an hour with her because we spent the first 30 minutes like messing around with technology <laughs> that was the worst so I learned from that Always, always check that your <laughs> your Skype is up to date and that everything's like restarted and and working. Yeah, well, that, that's actually how I found your show. Was I was because we were interviewing Janine Alice, so I just searched for all her past um her past uh, interviews she'd done. So that's how I stumbled across your ah. show and, and enjoyed it. And so I kept listening. Um, but yeah, go. one of my podcasting horror stories was with Janine Alice as well. We asked her. Well, I said she said something. She said she was uh, she just started uh teaching yoga she got qualified to teach yoga and she's looking for students so i kindly offered myself as a student but it just went down like a lead balloon and and, <laughs> and that's pretty much where the convo ended so oh, yeah. no. <laughs> so no didn't she's didn't probably thinking what's with these podcasters they're a weird bunch <laughs> yeah exactly yeah exactly well thank you very much for your time today is there anything you want to leave us with and, and where can people find you and your show you can find my show at thecmethod.com. That's the letter C, thecmethod.com. And if you are looking to improve your public speaking and communication skills, you want to be more, be more confident, I've got a few freebies on my site as well that you can that you can grab, such as, you know, I mentioned my uh, a template that I use for my podcast. Mm-hmm. I have a template that I use for all my speeches and presentations too. So awesome. that's a free thing that you can grab from the website. So make sure you go there and, yeah, and, uh, shout out if you if you if you end up listening and if you like the podcast. Fantastic! Thanks so much, and enjoy the rest of the day. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Christina Cantors. Check out her podcast. It's called Stand Out, Get Noticed. Head to her website, the C Method T H E C M E T H O D dot com. Grab a free resources that free template on building uh, speeches and presentations. And also, if you'd like to check out that free 10-day email course about how to create a podcast, or you know what? You don't have to do that one. If you want to just check out any free 10-day email course that uh, that takes your fancy, head to gohighbrow.com. That's G-O-H-I-G-H-B-R-O-W.com. It's awesome. I think you'll love it.